Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Rumination Thursday, August the 11th, in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me for today's subject is the Reverend Wes Reimnitz, who's out of Springfield, Illinois. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. How are you? Doing really good. Good weather. And uh, just having a good time this week with all the programs on KFUO. We were unable to do the readings for this Sunday on Monday because I had a congregation who agreed to take my 6,000 library books that I've had since I began at the seminary, and they took them back to their church. I gave them to them at no cost. They gave me a little note for the IRS income tax to take off some money. But I felt that they would really be useful in the congregation. I, I had a number of them that we would give out to members. And so there were cards at the back of most of the books where people would sign their name. And then there was a little note at the back of each book as to when to bring the book back. So six thousand books took them about four hours to take them down from the shelves put them in a u-haul and drive to iowa well you know it's wonderful how god i think acts in our life while you were working with your six thousand books i was listening to the rebroadcast of that lesson that you had about jesus saying my kingdom is not of this world and I had had a discussion with, with a fellow Lutheran about it, and it really came into play as we, we discussed the kingdom of this world versus the kingdom of, of, of uh, Jesus. Yeah, the difference between the secular kingdom, Jesus doesn't promise that the church is about the business of correcting the secular kingdom everywhere so that we have a utopia here on earth. We will not have a utopia. The poor will always be with us. There will be wars and rumors of wars. And in particular, this coming Sunday, which just so happens to be the 10th Sunday after Pentecost, August the 14th, the readings are really quite different than a lot of people imagine Jesus or the Bible to be. The uh, Jeremiah Old Testament lesson, God really comes out against congregations that are following false teachers. In the Hebrews 11 passage, he talks about how people crossed the Red Sea on the dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. And in the Holy Gospel, Jesus begins by quoting a portion of the Jeremiah passage when he says, I came to cast fire on the earth and would that it were already kindled. And he's talking about when the message of long gospel is preached, there's going to be division of father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Now, I don't think that that's an understanding of God that most people have. 
when they talk about the Bible and Jesus Christ, do you? <laughs> it's a little different, but you know, on the other hand, these lessons come up and, and the article that we selected for today kind of falls into that category of some of the problems we face when, when we hear someone not speak God's word as, as, as the Bible speaks it. Yes, we're going to be taking a look at a uh, recent um, suggestion by L. Sharpton. Uh, he calls himself a reverend, but I'm not really sure that he has anything to do with Christianity. But he really raised theological eyebrows this last week after he claimed that the Bible is for choice when it comes to the killing of pre-born babies. Now, how did he come to arrive at that decision? Well, he, he's voting that he, that he support, that, that I support abortion or not, that that's not what he's talking about, is whether they're having a safe abortion. He kind of kind of goes out on a limb there and says that the Bible doesn't talk about abortion at all. Yes, we're going to get to some of that a little later here. But he does say the issue falls on whether you're going to have a safe abortion. He says, we always had abortions, but we had these back alley, very risky abortions. And we're saying that rather than having people in those situations, they should be able to choose whether or not they want to do it, even if it is something that they do not believe in. So I find that really interesting. And as you said, he uses the Bible in talking about choice. And one of the comments he makes is, is the passage you said where, guess what? Abortion is not mentioned in the Bible. And he's speaking on MSNBC Morning Joe, which, of course, is a very liberal program. It's also not mentioned, as you know better than anybody in the Bible. It's not mentioned in the New Testament. It's not mentioned in the Gospels. It's not mentioned by Jesus, not one time. Well, it, it, now, having said that, you know, I went back and took a look at, at our catechisms. Uh, I grew up under the, the 1943 version of Luther's small catechism and its explanation. And it doesn't talk anything about abortion. But if you go to the 1991 version uh, uh, with explanation, it, it starts separating out versions of murder. And among them, abortion is one. And it comes out against abortion. And except in the case of uh, of a mother, life might be threatened. Uh, yes, we we do allow that to occur if there's going to be a death of either the baby or the mother. But in most cases, uh, abortion, where the woman is doing it because she wants to keep her job or not be bothered with the baby, etc., that definitely in actually all the catechisms is really against the, the fifth commandment. 
when when I heard him say that abortion is not mentioned in the Bible, it reminds me of what God says in Jeremiah, because what he's talking about that these false prophets are continually despising the word of the Lord. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. Now, if they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words to my people, and they would have turned them from their evil way. But instead, they say, I have heard that I have a dream. I have a dream. And therefore, what they're preaching is their dreams of what they wish the Bible said rather than what the Bible said. You know what I thought of when Sharpton said that the abortion is not mentioned in the Bible? Yeah, were you referring to, are you referring to Luke chapter one? No, I'm referring to other things that are not mentioned in the Bible. Will you well, give me a Bible? Will you give me Will you give me a Bible verse where God is opposed to hanging black people on a tree? <laughs> well, no, you would I mean you would go with the commandment thou shalt not murder or thou shalt not kill. No, 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 no. If you're using Sharpton and his dream he doesn't take that <laughs> commandment as against abortion. Right. And also, show me a Bible verse against pedophiles. Yeah, you won't find it. No. It's interesting, so, it's interesting. It's interesting, though, that you bring up Jeremiah 23 about the lying prophets. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, you already have something about it. The, the unborn there it says I formed you in the womb I knew you, knew you before you were born and I set you apart that already in Jeremiah it's talking about the, the birth of, of the unborn and who is the author of the Old Testament God you know, God and, is and, yeah it's that you should make it up, to, uh, bring it to mind, is that from Genesis all the way to Revelation, God is the author who's bringing forth all this uh, and about the story and, and the life of Jesus and, and the salvation that he brings to us. Notice that when Sharpton said abortion isn't mentioned in the Bible, he says it's not mentioned in the New Testament. It's not mentioned in the Gospels. It's not mentioned by Jesus, not one time. And he forgets that Jesus spoke the Old Testament also. In fact, we find right. him throughout the Old Testament time and time again. So once more, uh, Sharpton is a great example of a false prophet who is telling us what he's dreaming rather than what the Word of God has to say. And we need to warn our congregations about many such false prophets like uh, Sharpton and uh, Jesse Jackson and uh, who's that one that has that big church that you talk oh, about uh, every Joel now and then. Yeah, Joel, Joel Osteen. Osteen. 
But you know, it's, it's interesting. This article comes out on August 9th, and on August 14th, we're going to be talking about that in our Bible lessons in, in the church here for Jeremiah chapter 23, and as you mentioned, Hebrews and the gospel lesson. And uh, it's wonderful how God speaks to us in answer to the things that others are saying out there. Yeah, God is definitely a God of grace and mercy. But when it comes to false prophets, and boy, have we got a lot of them, the uh, ELCA, uh, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, is having their convention. And I'm told that the woman who heads it up, she pretends she's a pastor, she's not, calls herself a bishop, that she had terrible things to say. Uh, against the Christian faith in her opening speech. And how anyone can stay a member of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America is beyond me, because they need to realize that their money is going to support uh, pastors who marry one another of the same gender, uh, who okay abortion, and all this other sex language where a person who's born a woman wants to be a male and vice versa. That is what this church teaches. And as our own church, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod has indicated, they are no longer even Lutheran in their teaching. And isn't that a, a, a theme that we see in Revelations of, of a false church growing up next to the real church and the battle going back and forth, the real church there being one that follows the word of, of God in, in, in all of its clarity. Yes. In other words, if you take a look at the six churches in Revelation 2 and 3, most of them have a real problem. E even though there are faithful Christians within the church, they have a problem because in one of them, there's a woman, and she's referred to as Jezebel, who in the Old Testament, of course, tried to kill Elijah, uh, the prophet of God. She was married to King Ahab, and she was very, very wicked. And you saw what happened with her. She fell out of a window and was uh, eaten by dogs. God does not fool around with false teachers. And this is really important to understand. On Tuesday, I'm sorry, on Wednesday, we're going through Proverbs. And if there's anything I've learned, there are always negative consequences that God puts in place for when you sin. And the biggest negative consequence will occur on Judgment Day when you will perish if you do not believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior? Well, I think he partially answered the question I was going to bring up. Why is an Al Sharpton being, being taken for negative consequence for that? But if he doesn't repent of it, you'll find out on the Day of Judgment. Is that correct? Yes. And though he's finding out even uh, today there are those, for example, a man named David Clausen, C-L-O-S-S-O-N. He's the director of the Family Research Council Center for Biblical Worldview, told the Christian Post that Sharpton could not be further 
from the truth. And Clausen pointed to several Bible passages that he said explicitly teach the value of preborn life. And the one is uh, chapter two of Luke, where um, Mary, Elizabeth, and Mary are both pregnant, and John the Baptist leaps for joy when Jesus is in the utero, enters the room. So it's, it's one that we talk about. And there's a reason then that for 2,000 years, every major Christian theologian leader has affirmed the personhood of the born or unborn abortion. He Clausen added. So he pushed back against safe abortion. There's no such thing as a safe abortion. You know, uh, abortion is always to have two victims, one unborn and the other a scar at the mother for the rest of her life. Okay. Hi. Yes. Clausen says there's no such thing as a successful abortion because you always have two victims, the dead, unborn child, and the scar that the mother has for the rest of her life. And you and I have ministered to women who've had abortions earlier in their life and really regret and so it's very important for us to try and comfort them with the gospel of Jesus Christ as they repent of what they have done, because it really weighs on their conscience and their soul. Now, when I was going off the air, I was asking you that Clausen turns to Luke chapter 2 as a text uh, that shows Preborn life, and what does that say? Well, that that's uh, where it talks about John. That when Mary entered the womb, John the Baptist leaped in in the womb of Mary uh, to the unborn Jesus as Lord. Yes, and therefore you have two individuals in the womb. John the Baptist, who was six months in the womb of Elizabeth, leaping for joy, when Jesus, who was in the womb of Mary, for about maybe two or three days at the most, because she went immediately after Gabriel had visited her, and he leaped for joy. And uh, Elizabeth even mentioned, why has the mother of the Lord come to visit me? And so she knew that Mary was pregnant with the Lord. And John the Baptist knew it because that shows for sure that God can give faith even to an infant because he leaped for joy when Jesus came into the room, even though he was only a speck in size in the womb of Mary. And I think those are important points to bring out. It talks about life being in the womb and not uh, messing with the words of abortion versus non-abortion and things like this. It detracts from from the real argument. And, and that is one of the things that we as pastors, and it's something that the Reverend Sharpton should keep in mind, that, that we're there to to bring life uh, 
in, in all matters to our people and, and uh, call sin a sin for what it is and forgiveness for what it is. That it would, those that commit abortion, as you say, can find forgiveness in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, abortions that should not have taken place. There's so much news on the TV about risking of life or not and clouding the issue instead of celebrating the life of, of an unborn. Uh, yes. What did um, this so-called Pastor Al Sharpton say about the Supreme Court decision uh, against abortion? Well, the thing Sharpton called the ruling a blatant attempt to bring us back to the dark ages. And, you know, it's it's a state's rights issue. And really what's coming out is they're still protecting the, the life of a mother. It should, should be a problem. It's just, yeah, the dark uh, ages were under the Nazi concentration camps. And mm-hmm. it's very interesting once you start looking at the Bible, there are plenty of sins that are not condemned in the Bible specifically. Like I mentioned a couple of them, including pedophilia. However, they come under the proper understanding of the Ten Commandments and the laws of God. I mean, when you read through the book of um, Proverbs, by Solomon, you find out that God just really gets angry when you use a false uh, uh, weight to weigh somebody's produce that they have come to sell to you, and you make sure they get less money than they should, which was a very common thing. So there are plenty of sins. Some are mentioned in the Bible, but a lot of them today are not. Show me where in the Bible it's against to go over the speed limit. <laughs> you won't find it. You know, no. But that also that also brings up the point uh, that uh, another part of the gospel, Jesus talks about that even the, the hairs on our head are numbered, and, and the Lord knows of it. You know, so there isn't a detail of our life that He doesn't know about there's not a place that we can hide our sins or, or do in darkness or think nobody is watching he's seen us and he's gone the way of the cross for, for our forgiveness for those sins yeah this is a message that Sharpton does not understand as do many false prophets all we would encourage congregational members listen to other radio stations that do not have Lutheran theology on them, and you will find just horrible things being said because many young people are leaving the church and moving into homosexuality or these other areas which are totally against the will of God. And it is very clear that if they continue in that state, the Bible certainly gives the confidence that they will perish on the last day. In fact, the last day is called in Jeremiah the day of wrath because it's the wrath of God 
against those who refuse to listen to his word as it is revealed in Holy Scripture. This is why we encourage people to listen to other programs on KFUO, because that's the goal of KFUO, is to share this message with people so that they will leave those churches that are not preaching properly and begin to attend with their families churches where they can have the assurance of the forgiveness of sins and the comfort of the Holy Gospel. Well said, and I've given the challenge out to to the people before to listen to 10 hours of KFEO or 10 hours of law and gospel and see if that doesn't change their life when it comes to hearing the good news of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of sins that we have in Him. Yeah, if you have a favorite program, what KFU is that it takes care of those programs by copying them, and then you can go back and listen to them over and over again. So that's a, a really good thing, no doubt about that. So what we've learned about is that Jeremiah and Hebrews and the Holy Gospel for this week shows the wrath of God against unbelievers. And that is a wrath that does go away when a person believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the goal of KFUO, is to help to bring faith to people who are at this time in the darkness of unbelief. Okay, thanks very much, Wes Reimnitz. This is a good article and is a great example of a false prophet who has decided to share his dreams that comes out of his own sense rather than the revealed word of God. We'll continue tomorrow with email Friday and respond to an email. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.